Everything grows. Talking everything grows. You already know that anything goes with the everything grows. Podcast. Hey everybody, welcome back to the Everything Bros podcast. I'm Will. I think I have a plan for the future. I'm Matt. I claim to have a plan for the future. And I'm Tony, and I actually have a plan for the future. <laughs> so leading into our today's topic is answering the age-old question, where do you see yourself in 10 years? And as always, the oldest bro is going to kick us off. Listen, dude, I'm going to be honest. I don't even know what I'm having for breakfast tomorrow. Like, I'm just going to be straight up with you. Um... Uh, breakfast 10 years from now <laughs> yeah what are you gonna have for breakfast 10 years from now you're I gonna mean, be siphoning uh, eggs and a muffin from a straw or something because it's so artificial <laughs> we're just gonna be eating soylent or something ridiculous while mm-hmm. we're flying in our freaking flying tesla jets or something crazy um i mean i don't know you know i think that if you asked like i think if you asked my my like 10 years prior self where I was going to be in 20 years. I would hope those would be different answers, you know? I think the problem with promising your future self that you're going to do something is that I feel like you're setting your future self up for a failure failure in some way. And so I like to think about my goals as being very fluid and trying to fit them in within the different chapters of my life. And so I'm not the kind of person who... We'll say, I'm going to be in this place doing this thing at this time, because I think that closes a lot of doors. I think you leave yourself with a lot to be desired if you are just so steady on one goal and don't allow yourself to to think about things fluidly. Do you think, though, then it's interesting because then you're not having it seems like then you don't have as much of like a direction per se so if no like, i think in I my mind the more specific you are the more tailored your decisions become say you have some future goal and then your day-to-day decisions get super easy because if it doesn't align with that goal per se then you don't you know you don't waste your time doing it yeah like I, i'm kind of the same way like i like setting a big long-term goal and then using that to set eight-minute goals in between it and you know that that's what i like yeah i think for me i mean i have a direction but i guess now that i've gone and gone started working and and have a job and, and have all this like i feel pretty comfortable with where i'm at currently and i think current me is okay riding out that comfort for a little bit and is not looking to just completely blow up everything that I'm doing right this second. Do you think your 10-year plan has changed then since your like final year of college versus current you working? Dude, it changes every freaking day. <laughs> it's, oh, it has, okay. I feel that like variable? it doesn't stay the same. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, I think with with I think the biggest goal that everybody looks for that I think is universal is certainty is is a level sure. of comfort and understanding like what you're going to be doing and where you're going to be doing it. And, you know, having just some level of consistency, because when you're young, you're just all over the place. If you're in college and you're going to grad school and then you're going to this place and you're looking for an internship and then you're doing this and then you're doing that. I mean, there's so much variability 
to, well, what if you get rejected from this place and you got to go to plan B? Or if you're not going the college route and you're working, maybe you're trying to work your way up through some like corporate retail position or you're trying to be a, uh, someone in trades. You know, I think this goes back to the 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 topic we talked about last time, which was the point of college and the point of higher ed. And I think there's just so much variability to that. We have a great composition of people here because, Will, you're currently working, but Matt, you're hot in the middle of undergrad. So do you agree? Do you think your 10-year plan changes as much as Will's or is it a little bit more steady? I, I think it changes a lot because like for me, being about to be done with my junior year of college, I'm going to start my senior year. I I have to think about where I'm going to end up once that senior year is done. And I got to think about what I'm doing in the summer, whether it's internships or a job or whatever. And all it takes is one job offer or one internship offer to change everything. Yeah, I that could, sets up that sets up the entire thought process for what to do next. Yeah, like I, you know, I have an apartment and I could live there this summer or I could be in California in an internship and I, that could change in a week and I would have to just adjust to it. I would have to adapt. And I couldn't, I couldn't tell you that that was my plan and that internship might lead into a job and that job might lead into something that I can climb up in. And by 10 years, I might be in a higher position at that job, but I would have no idea of that. I think it's also fair to say that I think it's also fair to say that the last year and change has dramatically changed what a lot of people's idea of what the future would look like. I think that's a a pretty good equalizer in in everything. So let's let's think about goal goal setting then, because, Will, I know you wanted to talk about this. And the question I'm going to preface this with is uh, is off of Matthew's point of it could end up somewhere completely different than what you wanted than what your goal was initially. Do you think when people set their like 10 year or, you know, five years type goals, do you think we tend to undershoot it, overshoot it? Or do you think we're actually pretty on the mark with predicting where we were shooting for in the future? Whoever is this person that completely like nails their goals on a 10 year scale, (laughs) I want to know what kind of voodoo magic they're working with, because that's not that is not the way that anything in my life has gone uh, thinking, thinking on that long term of a scale. I mean, I I think for me, I think I constantly overreach like every other human person. I think I'm constantly overreaching on my goals. And I think one thing that has really changed in the way that I think about goals, I think about the future and I think about goal setting for the future is how I am approaching those goals and how I'm thinking about what's going to be reasonable and having not only a 10-year goal, but what that 10-year goal is going to look like in five years, what it's going to look like in two and a half years, and and where those markers might be. Because oh, what, what's the acronym? Uh, SMART goals, like specific, measurable, attainable, something. I think the T is timely. Um, I don't know. It's some cliche that mm-hmm. like lifestyle coaches use for when you're setting goals. But I think there's some merit to that, especially the the timely and the timing part of your goal setting i was gonna say to to answer your question tony i i was gonna say the opposite i think in general people undershoot their goals because they underestimate what they can and can't do and you know people just don't have a good judge of that and so for me in 10 years i think oh i'd have a good job that i'd like 
But in reality, in 10 years, I could be in a really good position in a city that I want to be in with a home, with all this stuff, maybe even married or something. And I wouldn't even think of that if you said in 10 years, where would you be? So I think it's the other. That's way, assuming that that home prices are affordable in ten years. Which <laughs> yeah, maybe my, I'm just living in a in, in a camper. Yeah, it's a good point, Matt, and I, I'm glad you brought that up because I think, and maybe maybe I'm just alone in this, but so I had the goal of you know going off to medical school for years and years and years. Like this is a six year process, even if you decide to do it, and even if you do it later, it's at least a two year yeah, process. You have to be in the long run for that too. That's, you that's... have to be in the long run. But I would argue, and through people, med students I've talked to, and even physicians I've talked to, is that like that delay of gratification, that like waiting for that goal and like grinding, I guess, in the way for for long and long term, it messes with your goal setting a little bit because. Take this scenario, for example, um, you're working, let's say it takes you five years from start to finish to get into medical school, right? Um, year one and two, maybe you're super motivated and you're like really at it. You don't need much, you know, outside influences to get after whatever you got to do, study, what have you. Here's, you know, three, four, those start to get really rough. And then you start rationalizing like, oh, maybe I'll go off and do something else. Or maybe I'm not meant for this and yada, yada, yada. And so then during those years, your 10-year goal starts to diminish and it starts to like undershoot, as Matthew's saying. So fast forward to that fifth year, you get into medical school. Oh, I overachieved my goal because I got into that mindset of, oh, like rationalizing it to something else, maybe something less deserving is is the idea. So this long-term like delay of gratification, I think kind of messes with your goal setting a little bit. I was going to say... In, in my mind, it's actually kind of the other way. I know I keep disagreeing right now, but like, <laughs> I know I, you know, I didn't go to med school and I don't plan on it, but for me in my four year track of college and, you know, some years of high school, I didn't feel like I had a, any idea. And then when I started to get one in uh, college, I, in the beginning, I was actually super um, unmotivated of my goal and unbelieving that it was reachable. But as I went on and as I, did more things in my program and saw the things I can do as a person, as an artist, as a game developer, I felt like my goal was more reachable. I felt like I could shoot even higher. Cause I'm like, wait, I can do this and I'm learning how to do this. And as I got, as I'm getting closer to graduation, I think I can graduate. I can get a 4.0 this semester. I can, I can nail mm -hmm. this. And so for me, it's the exact opposite. Like the, the delay in it, like as it builds up, it just makes me want to hit that goal harder. I think it's the true definition of grit is that delay of gratification because it, it is so much of a grind to constantly be working and working and working for that, that, you know, in the future, I'm going to find success. One thing I did want to supplement with this though, is the, have you guys heard of the uh, this is a thing that people who are, you know, big productivity people or goal setting people, um, it's called the perfect day. Are you guys familiar with this? No. So, so, so what it is, is it when you're thinking about your long term goals is you write down like almost to the minute what you think you want your perfect day to be. And what that looks like, like what time you wake up, what time, like what you might eat for breakfast, you know, what time you go into work, maybe what you do before work, after work, 
you know, what it is you're doing for that work, um, how you're balancing the work and personal life, which we'll get into a little bit later, I'm sure. And I think that's a great metric for this whole perfect, uh, this whole idea of goal setting. I'm getting my, my words jumbled a little bit and how it pertains to your long-term goals, because isn't the goal of trying to do this, trying to be more independent with our time and doing things that fulfill us in some way. I mean, that, that would be something I would want to think about. Yeah, I like, it's interesting you say that perfect day because we were talking a little bit before the mics were turned on that if you know what your future career is like day to day, like if you picture like, again, we're only talking about professional, like like working and such, but um, say your goal is, like I'm going to stick with doctor. Say being a doctor, you can kind of think of what a doctor sort of does. You can imagine getting up early, working with, interacting with people all day, you know, um, studying in the evening perhaps. So you kind of know like the mannerisms and behaviors of what a future perfect, future person in your career does. So I'm of the thought of, if you know what that is, then you should try now to develop that sort of pattern or daily uh, habit. And, and so in the future, it's not, like one day and like, oh yeah, I've achieved the goal. No, it's a gradual thing over time. I wanna I wanna pick it pick pick at you a little bit on this is the if you know someone who is doing what you want to do, you need to talk to that person and figure out what their trajectory is. Cause that will hugely influence the way that you will go on in your day-to-day life and the small decisions that will lead you to where you want to be. Literally in the medical field field it's required that you do some sort of shadowing, whether whether you're going to be trying to physician or nurse or anyone you're trying to be in the health profession, because you need to know what their day-to-day schedule actually is. And that's one of the whole points of shadowing and interacting with these people. So yeah, that's that's totally true in my field. Yeah. It, you, you see what has worked for them and you see what they're doing and you hopefully can implement that in your own day-to-day life and how you're going to eventually be in the professional field. I was going to say, like, that's the point of internships for me is, is like you learn the process, the workflow of what you're trying to do. You know, there's a process and it's almost like a group schedule of what you need to learn. So not only you need to learn the schedule and the kind of not lifestyle, but way you run yourself as a person, but also as a team. And so I think, you know, that's super important. And that's why things like internships exist is to be able to fit into a team schedule as well now here's something that's changed for me um you know i'm the oldest brother the best oldest brother just wanted to throw that out there and the thing that's changed for me though is and i know you're both still in college you're still trying to find your career like i have a job in the quote unquote professional world i'm I'm doing what i set out to do in college and i have found that for me you know your, your goals should not just be all about work they should not yeah. just be work oriented. And and again, we were talking about this before we were recording, uh, but the idea of like how many like balls you can juggle or how many plates you can keep spinning um, or the <laughs> all the memes on uh, the Internet where it's like the triangle with the the pick two, you know, and mm-hmm. y- there's only so much you can focus on with your energy. I think as I've gotten older and I'm not old by any means that I've shifted a little bit more away from always constantly putting 24 hours a day, seven days a week into my career. Cause when you're in college, 
you know, unless you're working a full-time job and putting yourself through college, which I give people who do that full credit, like your full-time job is to just work towards whatever that professional goal is. And I think that's shifted as I've been in it for a couple of years. I was going to say, like, for me, I find a lot of fulfillment and enjoyment out of being successful and out of my accomplishments in especially work, whether that's schoolwork or work work. Um, and so for me, actually, I, you know, your job isn't your life, but I want a job where I am super, I enjoy what I do a lot. And if I can find f- f- yeah, fulfillment in that job, I feel like I'll be pretty happy as a person. And that's, and that's a hundred percent true. But I think there are other things that, that matter, especially when you're young well, and you're course. already in the professional field. Like, one of the things that I think about a lot as I've started to get a little bit more serious about even something like fitness um, is this idea of of banking fitness, like 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 a bank where you put money, you could like bank fitness and, and bank health and well-being. So so it goes that, you know, if you're a professional athlete, you have this really high level of fitness. And even if you retire, let's say, you know, you're a professional like you know, runner or something, you retire at like 35 or whatever from running and you go do off something else and you come back to it five years later, you're going to be able to get back up to that fitness a lot quicker than somebody who didn't do anything until 35. And so for me, that's something that I started to value more is what, what am I going to be doing to make sure that I'm maintaining not only my professional life, but my health and my well-being and my relationships and how my relationship goals have changed. I'm not just talking about like, you know, significant others, but the people who I just want to keep close to me. Yeah, the it's a good point. And to go off of that even further is you have, I think what I've learned recently is you can't, you can only delay things for so long. Like, especially um, you get undergrad, you're like, oh, I can study super late this night and get you know only two hours of sleep tonight because then i'll make it up the next day or something like that like that is like, such a terrible idea too that never works <laughs> but, but the idea the idea extends even further so like um say you want to you get an apartment and you got to start you know getting furniture you can keep delaying these sort of like adult things i say adult things we talked about adulting last week so check out that episode <laughs> is knowing you can't delay those things forever. And so there's a certain point where you're like, okay, I need to do my career, but I also need to manage my money better. I also need to keep up with my relationships. You can't cut all of these things and you have to have all of them in some balance. It's really um, unhealthy. It's really unhealthy Mm -hmm. to just like take, you know, the health, well-being, relationship bars to 0% just to ramp up career to 100%, you know? It, it it's it, there's just no balance there i mean it's literally all tipped to one side yeah and i was gonna say like uh obviously that's not what i want to do i don't want to have career 100 percent, everything else zero but i i think it's also a difference of career thing because you know will you're a music teacher tony you're a doctor for me as an artist and as a, a game developer what i do is going to be distributed out to the world and you know if i'm in a big studio millions of people will see the work i do and that's where like the fulfillment comes to me is I'm dazzling someone or I'm making something amazing with art and technology. So that's yeah, kind of, I want to actually that's kind of where it comes from for me. I want to ask you a follow up question to that then, Matt, because 
I mean, music you can say is you can is partially a hobby. Medicine is hard to say is a hobby. Let's be honest. But you're talking about like art is really common hobby for people to be into. So do you find that like, you know, your I guess your personal versus like work versus school, all this sort of blends with art, or is do you kind of keep like this type of art for one kind of round or one type of art for another and we'll we'll get to you right after i want to hear matt i was gonna say i i I have i have a lot of strong opinions on this yeah yeah (laughs) Uh, i i think i think it can blend together very easily um if you're not careful and like there's nothing wrong with it blending together i think like i think one common thing that anyone who does art will understand is enjoying a piece of media or being somewhere with your friends or something and you get inspired and something Mm. makes something in your life makes you want to create something else that's how all good media is created that's how all great stories that's how all great art is made is an inspiration off something whether it's other media or something in their life and so that can be a a very blurry line and i think in general though the art i do is very different from the art other people do like if you go on like art station or something there's millions of 2d drawings and don't get me wrong those artists are fantastic but what I do is rigging. I make 3D stuff animatable. And, like, if there's 100,000 animators, there's 1,000 riggers. And so it's mm. it's a very small, more niche kind of field of art. My, what I was going to say, and, and I think I saw this on the internet one time, is the, you know, follow your passion and never work a day in your life. But in reality, it's follow your passion and you're going to work a little bit all the time. And it's, it's so true in any, in any creative field. It's so true. And to what Matthew's saying is hundred percent right. Is that if you are a creative type and you're doing creative work, I mean, you never know when that inspiration is going to hit, you know, there are a lot of creative people who will always have like a notebook with them or the notes app on their phone. Uh, a really good musical artist, Charlie Puth, he wrote a whole album. It's called voice notes. It's a really good album that he just was, you know, would get these little hits of inspiration musically and record it on the voice notes app on his iPhone and then put it into whatever software he was working in. And he created the whole album doing that. Yeah. When you're creative, it's, it's so challenging finding that balance. I mean, I'm a music teacher and I don't listen to music in the car on the way home because (laughs) I'm so, I'm so just like saturated with what I do that they're really you have to try so hard to have a clean break from where this is where work happens and this is where work doesn't happen I'm going to pose another question to both of you because it's again very similar with your careers so can you have your cake and eat it too and what I mean yes. by this oh no hold on no, let me, let me explain this a little bit more let me explain okay. it a bit more so you 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 have your career you have your hobby and for both of you guys and your passion, like both of you guys, that's pretty much the same thing. But how do your relationships come out of those? So do you, your relationships come from your career? Are they completely removed from it? You know, how, where does the balance come with that? So let's go, let's go Matt first and then we'll go to Will, same order. Uh, For me, I think like in terms of professional relationships, obviously they grow like that and like friendships can grow from the career um and like for me there's a lot of conferences for what i do there's siggraph gdc where siggraph is a is a um graphics conference it's just on computer created stuff 
Um, and that's like a big one. And that's where you meet a lot of people, both professionally and just friendly. You know, they have bars there, they have parties. So it's not just a professional <laughs> thing. It's where you go and you just meet like-minded people. Dude, I'm sure and those so, creative types know how to party too. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, I think it can definitely uh, help the, the French, the relations. Although outside of the professional, outside of what you do, like I have friends studying politics and like if all they can talk about is something maybe like with political science and all I can talk about is computer graphics there comes a little bit of a <laughs> disconnect between yeah us. when you're trying to when you're trying to communicate to someone like i no hate on political very... science majors by the way. <laughs> no Taking definitely get them <laughs> definitely hating on political science majors they're a different breed <laughs> what an environment to be into that major uh is it to... a science it seems like a science i'm not gonna say that <laughs> i will say slope. I will say I find it very, at least at first, I found it very challenging to communicate with anybody who wasn't in my immediate field. Because when you're in college and you're in your bubble, it's so hard to break out of that bubble. I only attribute the friends I made that were outside of music uh, in music school just because I had my roommates in my freshman year of college were all non-musicians. It's, it's so impossible. I only recently made friends with people just outside of the realm of teaching because I started just riding uh, bikes with like the local cycling club and, you know, those guys and and, gal and and women too all do different careers and our shared interest is not our career. And I think having those relationships is really important because it's so just oversaturating to be around just people who just do what you do. Like you need that outside influence, um, if you will. You know, they say diversity is the spice of life, and that goes for everything. And exactly, like you Can need. You see that? <laughs> yeah, that's a that's a saying. Um, Isn't it variety is the spice of life? Uh, the spice oh, of life is spice. Um, <laughs> the spice is spice. <laughs> what I was gonna say is actually, for a lot of my like early college, I found that I was better. F I know I was just talking about how like it's easier with like minded people, but at least for my like first two years of college, most of my friends were not and still honestly we're not in my program like it was just easier to not be not like you know talking bad about people in my program but it's just i found myself easier talking to people who were just in college that was our like our like-minded mm -hmm. thing was just being in college being in our 20s and just being idiots really <laughs> being adults who aren't real adults we go to target we do whatever and i found that was just a little easier in my experience so I'm a, I'm a third question for both of you, and I have my own opinions on this. I might I might answer it later. So there's an idea I heard of once, and I actually really subscribe to it, which is the difference between finite goals and infinite goals. And finite goals are kind of like the everyday run of the mill. Like I'm gonna you know get this grade on a test. I'm gonna you know. Uh, work on this piece of the music i'm going to get this rigging project done you know that sort of like finite goal something that can be completed is it and it can be completed in five to ten years but it will be completed there's an end point that's a finite goal infinite goal is kind of think of a more like a belief system this is like the type of people who are like my goal is to help people and that goal doesn't necessarily have an end, but it has a lot of different points along the way to a better whatever, better 
you know, better player, better skills, you know, something that doesn't necessarily have an end. Do you, the question is, do you subscribe to one or the other, or do you find yourself majority in infinite or finite goals? Go ahead. I, I, I just don't think I could live my day-to-day life just based off of goals that were because to me when when you say an infinite goal that just to me sounds like something that's vague i think mm-hmm. i need to have more specificity day to day you know if my if my overall goal let's say as a teacher is to educate young people and make young people better people for our future sure i guess that could be branded as an infinite goal but like what does that look like like tomorrow on Monday, because we record this on Sunday, like tomorrow when I walk into school, you know, I I can't put on my lesson plan to make these people better people for the future. (laughs) Like if Mm -hmm. I could, that would be my lesson plan every day, it'd be done, it'd be easy. But but it can't be, you know, it has to be specific, because the, you know, Department of Education has all these specific things that they think young people should know. And you know, whether I just I agree or disagree with those is a different thing. But I have to live with a little bit more specificity because if it's too vague or yeah, sort of fluff, then I, I just I feel like I can't operate in that. Matt, what do you think? I I very much agree because like for me, I I have finite goals now. Like I know what job I want. I want to be a technical art director or a creative director at a AAA game studio. That's what I want, and I know that's that. a big boy goal. Yeah, it's a big goal. That's not an easy one to reach. And from that, there creates even smaller goals of like, all right, build a big portfolio of professional grade work, et cetera, et cetera. But that my job goal is a finite specific one. Like I I don't see myself having very many infinite goals in general. So for me, I agree. I need that specific. So, Tony, do you have all these like really big grant? I mean, you're a doctor. You're going to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. Dr. Mufara. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, so so how do you, Mr. Question Asker, rectify mm-hmm. with this whole like my goal is to help people? I mean, what does that look like? How do you yeah. how do you manage that on a day to day? Because that is just like the broadest of broad goals. Right. So clearly that's much different for you. So answer away, so the, sir. There's so there's a couple, yeah, there's a couple of parts to this. And so let's to number one, this, right? <laughs> yeah, let's unpack this. This is this is gonna get messy real quick. So to your both points, I completely agree. Like having a big infinite goal, really hard to comprehend on a day to day. And we talked about late earlier, the delay of gratification sort of deal is comes into play there. In reality, I think what should happen is that you have your infinite goal and all your finite goals are guided by that infinite goal. Like, Will, you said your lessons plans, for example, are all that finite goals, but your overall is to, you know, make these students better for the future or whatever that means in your in your career. So that's, that's part one, is I completely agree. Part two is our lives are actually already filled with a bunch of infinite goals. We just don't know it. So, for example, what's the difference between... you? Like, you can buy a house but you can't make a home right you can get you can you can get insurance but you can't get safety like one has a, a set a set deal but the other one is kind of developed over time and it's just a continuous idea like uh, another great example is um how do you know somebody loves you 
I mean, they can tell you, but you might not believe them. How can you tell? This got really and deep very quickly. My, <laughs> my, my simple answer to this, coming from the single guy in the group, of course. Yeah, I was going to say, let, let me t- please inform us on, on what, my, what, what you believe love is. The, the, the idea comes from this day-to-day collection of these finite goals with the perspective of the infinite of love. And that's where that actually comes from. It doesn't come from one set thing. Oh, I bought you flowers today or, you know, let's go get tickets to this football game. You know, like we can go. I'm saying a lot of monetary stuff, but maybe even just spending quality time with you. It's not the individual things. It's the accumulation of all of these that makes that infinite goal. And for me, as as the final point of this is the the physician, doctor, whatever part of this is having an infinite goal will only get you through the day having a finite goal will get you through everything and so you kind of have to you have this like guiding star that is this infinite goal this is like the path that you take and for me it makes a lot of the day-to-day decisions much easier because if it aligns with my infinite goal then the answer is yes but if it doesn't align for my infinite goal then it it's, might be a no. And the trick is you can have mo- multiple infinite goals. You can have one for relationships, careers. There's a, You can have more than one, but it has if, to be infinite. If this is your like guiding star, you know, that, that helps guide your decisions. Because I, I think that's a great thing. You know, you want to have a set of, of beliefs, a set of um, ways that you go about your life that help guide the decisions that you make towards whatever kind of future you want for yourself. Um, when do you know that that star needs to be adjusted, that 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 guiding light that you're following needs to change because it's led you on a path that you're not not necessarily like, where's the checks and balances that come with that? Right. Because good goals not only have something that you're going to, but a way that you sort of loop back and reevaluate what, you know, is this still aligning with where you want to go so what's your reevaluation process to all this Mm -hmm. so the the short answer is um is we've actually already discussed which is it's constantly changing um and the reason it's constantly changing is because you learn more about yourself the thing about these goals is that they're inherent to you and if i were to give someone advice about finding their infinite goals for whatever it is I would say look at your resume, you know, look at things that you've done in the past and see what you believe in and see what you find important in your life and then connect all the dots and that's your infinite goal. So it's a it's not only accumulation of all the things that you're doing, uh, but it's all the things that you believe in and your beliefs can change over time. So I still find this as the guiding star because it's sort of like the self-reflection of who I am and what I'm what I'm good at and then what I think is really valuable and I'm going to spend my time doing. So it's really just accumulation of all your behaviors in that sense. So then but but still my question is how do you reevaluate like what's that reevaluation process look like? Like for me it's you know I I always know there's going to be an end to the school year. So then I reflect back on what I've done in the school year to readjust what I'm doing for my students and then how they're learning and yada 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 and maybe personally I'm uh working on like a monthly basis just kind of looking back like how am I doing this month is 
are things still going okay? I'm thinking more because you're talking about the the guiding star and you know your mm-hmm. infinite. These are very. I don't know. I don't want to make it sound like you're talking very fluffy because I really like these concepts that you're talking about. But I want to give. We got to give the people something to work with, Tony. Mm-hmm. Yeah the 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 reevaluation is 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 tough. Um, and I like I like the ideas that you're saying of like looking back at a certain point and reflecting on what went well and what didn't. Um, and again, those can inform your infinite goal, but you got to, you decided to become a teacher for some reason. And if those little self-evaluations don't still align, trying to figure out what that reason is, <laughs> if those little, if that little self-evaluation doesn't align with that, why you became a teacher, then, um, you would, um, be really, you would have to decide later on and, and reevaluate that sort of infinite goal that so i like the little checks compare it to why you became a teacher in the first place and that's how you can reevaluate moving forward yeah because when you're a student like like matt is it it's very obvious you know i'm, I'm going to finish out this semester i'm going to see how my grades went and if i did good i did good and if i didn't then uh well, i guess that's true for you too tony that's so nice not being a college student sometimes not having to worry about your grades defining you and defining all of that so and with that, we'll end this episode of the Everything Bros podcast. Uh, of course, if you have any questions, feel free to email us at everythingbrospodcast at gmail.com. Or if you're listening to this on YouTube, you can comment any questions below. We'd love to incorporate some some questions from, from the folks who listen to us for future episodes, maybe change up the format a little bit. Uh, the music you're hearing now and at the beginning of the podcast is by the awesome Mike Harrison. Uh, And be sure to subscribe to us on YouTube and Spotify because on Everything Bros, anything goes. Thanks for listening.